Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you live Friday morning. Erev Shabbos. Erev, Erev Shavuos. Erev, 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 second day of Shavuos. And uh, we are continuing with uh, our, our little uh, one-time pre-Shavuos class over here that we began yesterday. And we're going to try to wrap it up today, going into Shabbos and going into Shavuos. And we were uh, learning and analyzing over here this Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos. The Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos over here, where uh, the Gemara talks about that epic moment in history, the defining moment in Kleistel standing at the foot of Harsinai, said, Nasa Venishma. We will do and we will listen. We will do and we will listen. We will perform and we will receive instructions. The Gemara says that when Kleistel, Hikdimu, the moment in time that they Hikdimu, they prefaced, Nasa to Nishma, they put Nasa before the Nishma. A group of 600,000 angels comes down, gives each Yid two crowns, one for Nasa and one for Nishma. And unfortunately, when they sinned with the Chet HaEgel, the golden calf, 1.2 million angels came down. Two angels for every Jew, one angel for every crown, and removed their crowns. So you saw 600,000 angels come down to give them the crowns, to award them the crowns. Twice as many Malachim come down to remove those crowns. We saw also that a heavenly voice issued forth, the Gemara says, when they said, Nasev and Ishma, we shall do and we shall listen, and said, Mi gila raza levanai, who revealed the secret to my children, that the Malachim themselves used, and we brought a Pasuk, to take note of the fact that the Malachim, Malachim also uses. At this point, I think, you know, this is going to be an incomplete recording if we get to work at this point. No, no, no. So just, uh... yeah. Anyway, so we asked a number of questions on this Gemara yesterday. What's the significance of getting one crayon for each statement? One for Nasa, one for Nishma. Why is one Malach give two crayons, but two Malachim are there to remove two crayons? Each Malach has to be removed, for, uh, each crayon has to be removed by a different Malach, but when it comes to giving out the crayons, one Malach can give two crayons. We asked if the Malachim themselves indeed do use this as well. They know about Nasa and Nishma. How come they don't have crayons? How come only we have crayons? And all these Al-Kulan, I think the question of the hour, the question of the moment, the question that, that was like the biggest question of all the questions of here was, what exactly do you do with two crayons? We were just talking about Queen Elizabeth over here. I heard the Olam murmuring about Queen Elizabeth, right? There was, what, what did they just celebrate? 75th. 75th? Platinum anniversary of her coronation. Wow. Kenai Nahara. That's, that's amazing. So, uh, the, the Queen wears a crown, right? King wears a crown. How many crowns does the queen wear? One crown. How many kings? How many crowns does the king wear? One crown. Why you wear one crown? Because you just need one crown to show you you're the king. One crown to show you you're the queen. The other reason you only wear one crown is because once you wear a crown, you can't wear another crown. How many strimalach can you wear at one time? We're talking about a strimal yesterday. I said even one strimal is, is is not so easy to wear, right? It's scary. Yeah, just shifting a hen and a hair. Right, it's putting a strimal on. You're gonna, it's, it's. A, you have to change your whole center of gravity, your whole balance. But, but okay, let's talk about uh, baseball caps. You can only wear one baseball cap. Can't wear more than one baseball cap. Depends. Not gonna make anyone happy. You wear one baseball cap, so half the people in town will love you, and half the people in town will hate you. You wear two baseball caps, everybody's gonna hate you, right? So you only wear one hat, cap, strimal, crown. Queen only wears one crown. How did the Eden wear two crowns? And, uh, again, that, that, that is the, the, the question that, that is the icing on the cheesecake over here. 
And uh, there's a, a lot to put together. We have to really try to sort all this out and get clarity here. But we began yesterday with a vart from the Beis HaLevi. He, he says an idea, as we mentioned, about um, why the Gemara uses this interesting phraseology of hikdimu. Beis HaLevi, said, he asks, you know, could it, it would have been sufficient just to say when Kleisel said Nasev and Ishma. No, saying Nasev and Ishma is a statement that we will do and we will listen. Like, uh, you know, we're at your command, God. And, and we'll... we'll, we'll uh, Shoot first, ask questions later, whatever you want us to do, we'll do without even, uh, needing to know what it is you want us to do. We'll sign on the bottom line without even reading the fine print. That's, you know, the, the, the simplistic understanding of Nasif and Ishma. We don't have to read through the contract. You're good to be taken to the bank, God. Your, your word, word is good with us. If you want it, if you want this for us, if this is your will, we're, 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 you know, just tell us where to sign. That's Nasif and Ishma. So, Based on Levi's question is, it could have just said, when Kleiso said Nasev and Nishma, we will do when we listen. Why does it have to emphasize Hikdimu? They preface it, so we said yesterday, this is what we ended off with yesterday, just to bring ourselves back up to speed. Based on Levi says a mind-blowing idea, which is that Nasa really already says it all. If you say Nasa, you're saying Nishma. You can't do, even though, even an unconditional acceptance to God's will, um, Necessarily <coughs> implies that I have to now figure out what God's will is. I'm, I'm, I'm pledging to do whatever it is that God wants without having to know what it is. I'm pledging unconditional allegiance. That's great. But the nishma is redundant. You don't have to say nishma because with, within the nas, it's already self-understood. You have to, God, I'm, uh, your, your, your wish is my command. Okay, but I, I have to now know what your wishes are. Your will is my command. I have to now find out what your will is. I'll do all the mitzvahs. I'll do all the mitzvahs. Okay, but I have to find out what those mitzvahs are. So the nishma is redundant. All you have to say is nasa, and it's self-understood that the nishma has to happen. Why then they say nasa vin nishma? <coughs> Make it clear, nishma is about learning, studying. The saying is, in addition to studying, in order to be able to perform, studying to do the mitzvahs, we're going to accept upon ourselves to study Torah for study's sake, for knowledge's sake, just to know Torah, just to know your wisdom, God, just to absorb your knowledge. And that's why the Gemara emphasizes Hikdimu, because if it would have been Nishma v'na'aseh, they're saying what we expect them to say, we'll study all the mitzvahs, and then we'll do the mitzvahs. If they say Naseh, they're saying we'll study all the mitzvahs and we'll do them, and we pledge to do that unconditionally, we don't even have to know what's there. But now that they say Naseh v'nishma, they're saying Nishma, but they put the Naseh first, it's clear that they're accepting upon themselves an additional element. Not only we're going to accept your will unconditionally, and we're going to study the Torah in order that we can perform your will unconditionally and carry out your will, but we're going to do a nishma again. We're going to learn Torah just for the sake of knowing Torah, even if we're never going to act on it, even if, you know, we're going to learn very abstract areas of Torah. We're going to learn the ritual laws, the ritual sacrifices, kachim, taharis, things that, that, that are never going to be able to be applied in daily life. So many areas of the Torah for us, you know, Yavamis, Tafiyami's doing Yavamis now. Yavamis, 120 shvera bladder of, 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 of a Mesechta. How often does any die in Paskin on, on a Yibam case? Yibam Chalitza, you know how often this happens? It can't happen, but rarely, rarely happens. That Rahman al-Islam, someone is Nifter, childless, and he has a brother who can perform Yibam. Rahman al-Islam, it's a Shrek, an awful situation. You know, you, you barely ever hear of such a thing. Barely ever hear of such a thing. And it's one of the most difficult Masechtas and Shas. And all of Tafiyami is doing it now. This coming winter's man in the mirror, they're going to be plugging and pounding away at this, this coming up this winter's man. Where's the NASA over there? Where's the NASA? We're learning it in order to Paskin on Ibum Shilas. So there will be those two or three Dayanim that will send the Shilas their way. The entire Tafiyami, 
Needs to know Masechus Yavamis? Yes, that's the Nishma. We accept to learn Torah for Torah's sake, for knowledge's sake. Two, absorb your wisdom and your knowledge, your Chachma, Rebbein Shalom. That's what we hear when we, not to say the Nishma, we put Nishma after the Nasa. We put the Nasa before the Nishma. Okay, so this is an idea from the Beis HaLevi. Now, I want to use this idea now, Rabbi, this is what we ended up with yesterday. I believe this idea unlocks all the mysteries over here. And when we are armors, arming ourselves with this Beis HaLevi, we see such a beautiful Gemara emerge over here. And such beautiful, fascinating ideas come to light. So let's embark today, armed with this idea, indeed. Two types of learning Torah. There's the Nasa and the Nishma. Nasa is learning. Learning in order to do the mitzvahs. And Nishma is Limud Lishma. Learning for the sake of Torah's own pursuit, for the pursuit of knowledge, the pursuit of wisdom. Even if it's areas of Shulchanar, Torah, and Halacha that I'm never going to be able to apply it in, in real life. They're never going to be applicable for me. But learning for learning's sake. Torah for Torah's sake. Knowledge for knowledge's sake. And wisdom for the sake of godly wisdom. Just to have that wisdom. What's the difference between these two types of, of, of learning? What's the difference? Another way of, of um, defining the Nishma, Vinasa, and the Nasa, Vinishma, these two different things that Klai so accepted. Another way of, 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 of presenting and, and, and kind of parametizing them are we're talking about learning that's actionized and learning that's not actionized. The NASA is actionized learning. Learning that is put directly into performance of mitzvahs down here. That's the NASA. Actionized learning. And Nishma is learning that's in the realm of the conceptual, in the realm of the mind, in the realm of the abstract, in the realm of the intellect. Not actionized. So setting things up this way, we have actionized learning and non-actionized learning learning that remains in the realm of the intellect, of the abstract. We also see another idea, which is, you know, just another way of approaching these two different categories of learning, the Nasev and Nishma. We're talking about essentially Torah and mitzvahs. All mitzvahs require Torah. But again, that's Torah that's actionized, knowing the halachas that go into making a sukkah, the halachas that go into shaking a lulav, the halachas, the Torah that goes into blowing the shoifer, the Torah that goes into eating matzah, the Torah that goes into keeping Shabbos properly, the Torah that goes into keeping yamtav properly. That can be called mitzvahs. And then Torah, just for Torah's sake, we'll call that Torah. And that's Yavamas, and that's Kachim, and that's Taharis, learning the laws of sacrifices. When's the next time that we're going to be Kaihanim? Arthur, when's the next time that you're going to be a Kain? Tomorrow. He's always kind. He's always a kind. Right? That's a good. That's a good answer. It's a good answer. Right, When's the next time that you're going to be a kind? Never. Never. Not happening too soon. We're not kaihanim. We're not certainly not kaihanim. We're not going to be the kain gadol. Not too soon. We're not going to be eating truma. We're not going to be working in the kaidish kadosh on yom kippur. Yet we learn about these things. The whole masech, the masech yuma. We learn all about these things. Even though most of us, barring Arthur, who is here in our live audience, and Yitzchak Hakain, who is out there in Zoom space. And untold amounts of kaihanim out there in WhatsApp land. Uh, the rest of us are never going to be doing these things. That's not for us. That's not mitzvahs. That's Torah. Taharis, laws of, of, of uh, Tum and Tahara, purity and impurity, again, <coughs> so much of that is linked also to the base of Mikdash and to kaihanim. That's all Torah. So we have Torah and mitzvahs. We have actionized learning. And we have abstract learning. 
learning to perform and learning for knowledge. And these are two fundamentally different but necessary components of Torah itself. Torah breaks down into two fundamental components. Torah, which is applied down here in terms of mitzvahs, and Torah, which remains non-actionized and unapplied and up there in the realm of the abstract. And these are really two different types of learning, two different types of Torah, fundamentally different, but each one is necessary. In other words, what, what am I coming to say with this? It's not the idea that really all Torah is about being applied down here, and just some of it we can do and some of it we can't do. Like Yavam is, is all about the situations where it will arise that someone is nifter without any children. And he has a brother who decides if he can do even or Halitza. Just, you know, it's, it's a rare phenomenon. But th- the main point of Yavam is in order to fulfill Yavamis. The main point of Zvalchim and Menachis is fulfill. The main point of learning Chulin is in order to do Shechita. How many of us are going to do Shechita? Kyle is learning Chulin right now. We're, we're, we're spending the entire summer's man on one chapter in Chulin, which is all about what happens when you shecht an animal, you find a, a baby inside the cow. How many of us are shechting, and how often does that situation happen in the shlachtois? And there's an entire parak about it. And the Kyle is spending an entire zman on this. So we could say, we could theorize on our own, that really, you know, it's all about being able to carry out an halacha, just, you know, some, some halachas are more common, some are more uncommon, some are more prevalent and some are more rare, but all of Torah is all about fulfilling it and carrying it out. It's not the Vart, no. There are fundamentally two different types of learning. One is the learning that's actionized, that gets translated into mitzvah here, and the other is the learning that stays up there. Let's take that further. Why taka two different types of learning? And again, it's, it's an amazing idea to, for us to like appreciate and, and to embrace, and, and there, there is room to... to understand this differently and therefore to misunderstand this. There is room to say, well, really all learning is all supposed to come down here. Some is more common, some is more uncommon. Some happens more frequently, some happens less frequently. It's a kudshim, these things are much less frequent. No, that's not the word. Some, there is a type of learning, categorically, which is there, l'chat it's designed to be kept in, in, in the realm of conceptual, intellectual, and not here to be actionized. What's the pshat? Why are there two different types of learning? Torah and mitzvahs. Why? The teretz is like this. The teretz is, there's two different aspects to creation. A, to God's involvement in creation B, and therefore to our involvement in God's creation C. And the two aspects are really polar opposites of one another. The very top and the very bottom. The very bottom is this world down here, which is as far away from God as you can get. A world with diversity, a world that's very busy, very chaotic. There's lots of things going on here in this world. Yeah, there's cows, and there's baby cows, and there's people, in the rela- there's relationships, and there's agriculture, and there are, uh, there, there are monetary, necessary, monetary situations, and, and arrangements, and finances, and, and all kinds of interpersonal um, dynamics that are going on constantly and dealing with animal, mineral, and vegetable life down here. We have to eat to keep ourselves alive. We have to have daily rhythms 
to, to, to keep ourselves in, in a groove of activity, etc., etc., etc. Very complicated, very busy, complex place we live. And it's as far from God as you can get. Yet, the purpose of everything that's down here is not to remain broken off from God, is to, not for it to be, you know, the daily grind, my, I have to eat to keep myself alive, to sleep to keep myself alive, I have to engage in commerce to keep my, 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 my bills paid, I have to have people around me to, to keep them happy just to, for diplomacy, for politics. No. Every aspect of life down here is there to be infused and imbued with the will of God. In other words, in other words, everything is ultimately an extension of God. Everything is ultimately something that was created through God's will. And there is an aspect of God's will that lies behind the scenes in every aspect of life down here. So in my my financial life, I have to find how I bring God's will into my finances. In my eating habits, how do I bring God's will into my eating? In my weekly cycle, how do I bring God's will into my, you know, Sunday through through Shabbos? Sunday, what is God's will on, and what I do on a Sunday, on a Monday? On Hayyam Yom Shlishi Shabbos, on Shabbos Kodesh. How do I bring God's will into there? My pers- interpersonal relationships and dynamics and all that. How do I bring God's will into my relationship with my wife, my family, etc.? My co-workers, my peers, my employers and my employees. How do I bring God's will into every aspect of this world? Into food, into veg- vegetable, mineral, and every aspect of my life. That's mitzvahs. Mitzvahs is all about, how do I bring God's will into this? This cup of coffee. Well, contemplate it. I make a shahako. I drink it. I decide, do I make a brain of fushis? Do I not make a brain of fushis? That's how I bring God's will into this cup of coffee. How do I bring God's will into the cup, into the bowl of chalent? I make the right brachas. I appreciate what it's doing. That the reason I'm eating it is to for covet Shabbos, etc. I give a compliment to the person that made the bowl of chalent. That's bring God's will into this world. And a good compliment to a good bowl of chalent encourages more chalent to come to this world as well. It's all one good, happy cycle over here. <laughs> um, that's bringing God's will into this realm. That's the realm of mitzvahs. So there's something called a ram's horn. Why did God create a ram's horn? For a mitzvah once a year of shoifer. Sukkahs bring God's will into lumber and palm fronds, etc. Tzitzis is bring God's will into the realm of clothing. That's tzitzis. Bring God's will into the realm of clothing. All of mitzvahs are bringing God's will into this world, and more than that, revealing that every aspect of this world has a will of God lying behind it. And I can only do that when I learn Torah. I learn the Torah behind clothing. I bring in tzitzis. I learn the Torah behind the shayfer. I bring, I bring the Torah. I bring the will of God into the, 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 the animal world. I learn the Torah behind eating. I bring Torah into the realm of the food. I learn the Torah behind Shabbos. I bring, I bring Torah into the calendar, the clock, the zager. So that's mitzvahs, to bring God's will into this world. Torah, which is not mitzvah, is the higher category when it's just not actionized, when it's in the realm of the intellectual. As we said, that's a separate category of learning. That's lumad amanas, lumad lishma. Learning, there's lumad amanas la'asois, learning to do, and there's limud lishma, learning God's will, in order to, to just to know God's will, learning the knowledge of God to absorb the knowledge of God, 
What's going on with that? That's a type of learning which is at the very other end of the spectrum, the polar opposite of what we just described. And there, you are, one is, and a Jew is, bonding with the infant, bonding with God, not the lowest level of creation, which is Mrs. Dan here, but the highest level of creation. And that means that <clears throat> the Rebbeinah Shalalem does have a world which is created all the way down here, which is very far removed from HaKash Baruch Hu, And it's a lot of, you know, physicality. And yes, all that physicality has a will of God that lurks within that physicality. But on the other end of things, at the very, very highest level of creation, there's Rebbeinah Shalalem, which is sustaining creation which is keeping creation going. Which, has, a, a will, a rutzen, that is, very lofty, very high, very, 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 um, point of focus, concentrated, unified, essence, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is there to maintain the world and keep the world going in order for that world to achieve its creation which is not the form of every aspect of, uh, of this world to, to um, reveal its, its godliness all the way down here in food, in the calendar, in in commerce, in my business relationships, but for that entire world to eventually, ultimately, be reunited with God. So we're talking about something that's much higher, much loftier, much more focused, much more concentrated, and much more true to the source of God. Not, and true is not the right word, much closer to the source of God. That is, at the other other end of the spectrum of this world, which is Magushim, which is physical, we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu all the way at the very top, that is maintaining this world, a world which is, which is, which is very, 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 very um, removed from God, and that's so physical, and God is not physical at all, but it's a will of God that wants the world to keep going, powers the world, keeps the world going, because there is that goal all the way at the end, that end point, that end goal, which is Olam Haba, which is about the world breaking through, um, lifting itself up from all of that physicality and eventually reuniting with God. It's the will of maintaining the world, the will of powering the world, and the will of seeing the, the objective and the finish line, which is beyond this existence. To say that a little bit more concisely and succinctly, we have... Torah, which is 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 here to relate to every aspect directly, which is tailored to every aspect of the physical reality, and we have the Torah that's powering the physical reality, which is very far removed from the physical reality, which is not within physical reality, but it's at very, very top, you know, infinite amount of steps away from physical reality, which is there to keep the whole system going, to power this world, because... This world eventually is going to be reunited with God. As this world stands and, 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 and exists currently, it is very far removed. Because God is not at all physical, and this is a world which is all about physicality. The way to get the world back to God is to, slowly but surely, reveal those little chips of godliness in this world, which is the mitzvahs, 
to eventually get the world back to where it's supposed to be, which is reunited to, to as much as it can with Akash Baruch, and that's in Eilam Abba and the world to come, and we kind of make a, a bit of a, a departure from being involved in the in the, in the physical um, mundane aspects of this world. Um, the, even as things stand now that we still live in a realm of physicality, we have to do mitzvahs to bring Torah into food, to bring Torah into keeping mitzvahs. Down here, there's an aspect of Torah which is so high and so lofty and so up there that is constantly powering the system and bring Hashem's radiance down to keep the system going because Hashem sees down the road and believes in where this world is going. So this, Rabbi Yisai, are the two aspects of learning and this is what's going on behind the scenes of the Nasev and Ishma. This is what's mitzvahs, we call Torah mitzvahs, learning to perform and learning just to know. Actionized learning and non-actionized learning are, are, are paralleling themselves with the two aspects of God's will. God's will as it shows up down here in the mundane. And God's will as it's all the way up there, concentrated, lofty, powering the whole system. And these are the two fundamental and necessary aspects of Torah, and what Klai Yisrael was doing was 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 was, was uh, homing in on when they said Nasa Vinishma. We're not just going to learn in order to do mitzvah down here to bring godliness down here. We're going to learn just for the sake of Torah's knowledge. We're going to learn things that are abstract. We're going to learn Dafka when it's not actionized, and we're going to have learning that's that's con- constantly, continuously there, not to be actionized, but there to be imbibed and absorbed to make us more godly. That Torah which is not actionized, when we're learning for the sake of learning, learning for the sake of knowledge, is the Torah that's removed from the world, above the world, that powers the world, keeps the world going, as bring the world bit by bit, step by step, back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are two aspects of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, two aspects of the will of God Himself, and two aspects that earned Klal Yisrael one crown for each. We got a crown for Nasa, we got a crown for Nishma. We got a crown for accepting upon ourselves learning Torah to bring godliness into this world from mitzvahs. That's the, the Nasa. We got a crown for accepting upon ourselves to learn Torah just to, to, to power the world, to be at the very top, to bring God's radiance and will down into this world, to keep the world going till it's objective. And that's the Nishma. We got a crown for that also. What's the significance of getting a crown for each one? So we know, here's where we can get a little bit uh, mystical. It's almost Shabbos, we can smell the mikvah already. Almost Shavuos, we can smell the cheesecake already. Just keep the cheesecake where the cheesecake is, keep the mikvah by the mikvah, and everybody's happy that way. But we can smell everything, we can smell everything on the way, Rabbi Isai. And uh, with, with, uh, with all the oils that are coming down from Shabbos and Shavuos, get a little bit mystical over here. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a system of midos, a system of of, um, of of attributes within which he interacts with the world. And the Kabbalists tell us that each one of these attributes has a name. And we know there's a system of series of seven, and sometimes there's a series of ten. And we know that there's one all the way on the top and one all the way on the bottom. In those series of midos, attributes, koiches, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to interact with the world. And we know the lowest one is called Malchus, kingship, authority, and the highest attribute is called Keser, crown. The highest one is called crown, 
lowest one is called Malchus. And these are the two crayons that Kalei got, Rabbi Yisai, by Harsinai. The Kesser and the Malchus, the highest one and the lowest one, are the idea of learning for learning's sake and learning for mitzvah's sake. Malchus, which is the lowest one of Hashem's attributes, is about how things show up down here. That's what the Kabbalists tell us, that's what the mystics tell us. Malchus is about how Akash will looks like when it shows up down here. That's the realm of mitzvahs. That's the realm of being Megala, revealing Akash will behind the scenes in every aspect of life down here. In food, in my finances, in my interpersonal relationships, in cheesecake, yes, and in going to the mikvah, revealing God's will within all the items down here, that's Malchus. Malchus means kingship, means authority. There's a crown over there. I get a crown for accepting upon myself to do God's will down here. I become an emissary, an ambassador of God, a king in my own right, by accepting upon myself that Malchus of Torah to, do, to, be, to be funneled into mitzvahs down here. Kesser, we know, is the highest one. What does that mean? The highest level of God's knowledge, the highest level of God's wisdom, the highest level of God's interface with the world, that's Torah Lishma. Not learning Amanas Lasois, but learning for Torah's sake. Learning knowledge for knowledge's sake. Hashem's wisdom for wisdom's sake. That's what we call Kesser. Kran, that's the highest level. And that's the other Kran that Klai Yisrael got was accepting upon themselves to learn Torah for Torah's sake. Knowledge for knowledge's sake. But what does it mean just for knowledge's sake, for learning's sake? It means much more than that, as we just saw and as we just explored together. It means God's will as it powers the entire universe. Being in touch with God's will as it provides radiance to the entire world. And God's will as it wants to sustain the entire world because this world is going somewhere beyond mitzvahs. This world is going somewhere beyond the mundane. This world is going somewhere beyond, beyond the shoifer and the lulav and, and Shabbos is going to Yom Shekula Shabbos. It's going to Olam Haba. It's going to a realm where we have pure, undiluted, concentrated, focused will of God. That's Torah at its highest level and that's the Torah that's powering the entire system to, to, to ensure that this system gets there. And that's Kesser. Torah at its highest level. Powering the system, rating the system and bringing the system to its end result. And that's the second crayon, Rabbi Yisai, that Klai gets at Har Sinai. The second crayon that we receive. So let's put this whole thing together. We get the lowest crayon, that's the crayon of Malchus down here, we get the highest crayon, that's the crayon of Kesser, and that lines up with learning for knowledge's sake and learning for the sake of mitzvahs. How do we wear two crayons? So that we understand very Yishmak how... How, 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 uh, why we need the two crayons, we understand, and then that question gets answered up. Um, What's the significance of two crayons and how each crayon uh, has its place and how, where each crayon lines itself up. How do you wear two crayons? Teretz is, there's two aspects to, to us as Yidin. There's the us who are down here. There's the part of my Nisham, which is my guf, my physical existence. I have a physical existence down here, which is there to do mitzvahs. And there's the part of my Nishama that is here to power my guf. And there's the highest part of my Nisham, which goes all the way up there, which is there paralleling that area of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's highest will, which is there to power the world. So there's the aspect of my existence, which is down here, which is in the physical, my physical existence, which is certainly, which is certainly um, infused with, with a spark of God, which allows me to do mitzvahs down here. And there's my highest, highest love of my neshama, which is removed from the physical, which is there to just learn Torah for Torah's sake. The two crayons that I have 
are worn, one by my existence down here and one by my existence up there. That's how I wear two crayons. One is by the lowest point of my neshama that is in my guf down here and one is being worn by the highest point of my neshama which is above my guf. That's where these two crayons lie. The Gemara told us that Hashem, a baskel, a heavenly voice came issuing from Shemaim and said, <coughs> who revealed this secret to my children that the Malachim used? And we asked us, the Malachim know about Nasev and Nishma? How can the Malachim aren't wearing these crowns? So we've looked at the Gemara very carefully. The Gemara says something amazing. The Gemara doesn't say that the Malachim um, are at one with this idea. Excuse me, that they incorporate into themselves, they internalize it. The Gemara says, raza, Who revealed to my children the secret? That the Malachim use. The Malachim use this. They wield this. They manipulate this. And here's the difference. The Malachim Taka don't wear crayons because the Malachim are not there to bring out God's will down here, nor are they there to power the entire system from above. The Malachim are agents of God. That uh, Malach means an agent, means a shliach, means someone who's given a mission. They have no free will like we do. They have no uh, ability to decide to, to bring, whether they're going to or not going to bring God's will and to the realm of mitzvahs, or to power the system from above. Yet, they work at the same time part and parcel within the system of Nasev and Nishma, within the system of bring God's will into the mitzvahs, bring holiness into the mitzvahs, and bring holiness from above to below, but they're only mishtamish with it. They're mishtamish. They don't wear the crowns because they're not activating the system, because they are um, being sent through the system. So, in other words, when a yid down here does a mitzvah, and he brings godliness into this cup of coffee, into the holy day of Shabbos, into the holy day of Shavuos, so he's bringing holiness in there, and a malach will be dispatched to bridge that gap, to channel that energy that that Jew brought into the coffee, so a malach will be there to bridge that gap. He's mishtamish with the, with, with, with the Nasev and Nishma. He's, he's manipulating, he's using it, but not in a personalized way, not in a way that he identifies and absorbs it, but he's mishtamish. And when a yid learns Torah Lishma and is there side by side with the Kosh preparing the entire system, the Malachim are able to do what? Kesar Yidnu Lecha. They're able to give a Kosh Baruch Hu a crown. They take the energy that we have of, 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 of the learning Lishma, able to make that into a crown and give that crown to Kosh Baruch Hu. We managed had that Gemara in Chagiga that had the, the Malachim take our mitzvahs and mites and time, take our Torah and make it into crowns or tefillahs. But they crown a Baruch Hu with it. They coronate the Rebbeinu Shalom. They don't wear the crayons themselves because they're not an active part of the system like we are. They're there to move around the energy that we're creating through learning, our learning that, that's, that's channeled to mitzvahs and the learning that's being done l'shem shamayim. So that's why they don't receive these crayons because they're only mishtamish with the crayons. But we as Balei Bechira use our own free will to learn Amanas La'asois, that's mitzvahs down here, and to learn l'shma, that's the Torah up there. Okay, that's quite a lot. It's, get, it's getting late, but I, we put together more or less the um, the, the, the Mahalach, beautiful sugi that we have over here. Two different types of learning. A lower type of learning, which is mitzvah, a higher type of learning, which is Torah itself. And when we're doing that, we're wearing both crayons with our lower existence and here, with our higher existence up there, the crayon of Kes and the crayon of Malchus. 
one malach puts on both crayons and two malachim are need to remove the crayons because putting on the crayon that's going with the natural grain, the natural movement, the natu- natural direction of this world, um, it's so to speak easier. That's what the Gemara is showing. It's easier to put the crayons on than take them off because this is the natural system. This is what the world is created for. Unfortunately, when when Klaishol sinned by 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 the uh, Egel, we need two malachim to remove them because it's going against the grain. It comes with more difficulty. That's not what the world was created for. It's more it, that, that comes with more difficulty, with more reluctance. The world was not created for the 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 the, the, the Torah mitzvahs to be broken apart from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, but rather to be united with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In any case, we have in front of us two different types of learning, two different types of crayons, two different places to wear those crayons, and hopefully clarity to take with us into Shavuos. We should be zoicha to Nasev and Nishma, Amru Ke'echad, to all together with Achdus, say our own Nasev and Nishma, accept upon ourselves to learn to do, learning to perform the misses down here, to bring godliness and the will of God into this world, and learning Torah Lishma, to power the entire system from above. And to be there side by side with the Kashbar, who partners in creation, bring this world one step at a time, one Masechet at a time, one Sugi at a time, back to its very source and towards the ultimate clarity, the ultimate relation with the Kashbar, who Ailam Haba. And we should be to an amazing Shavuot, an amazing Kabbalah, an amazing year of learning. Thank you for joining.